Hey everybody, it's Bevan. Welcome to Bevan FM Over 40 and Your Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today I am so excited to introduce you to Katie Sweetman, my astrologer. Um, I've wanted to have her on the podcast since the very beginning. I think this is the actually most exquisite and aligned time to have her in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic. I'm super excited for you to get, get some of her clarity and some of her insights. Um, Anytime I'm getting close to someone, if we're hanging out, I will probably whip out my laptop and look up their astrological chart. That's how you know you're really down with me is if I bother to look up your chart to find out more about you. I'm very curious. Uh, but everything I know about charts pretty much is from Katie, or at least it started there. And we'll, we'll get into that story in the interview. And I just wanted to take a little time before we start the show with the pre-roll and um, just talk about... The, this week six of quarantine. This is wild that it's been going on so long. It's also something I've really noticed is that um, I know the quarantine and the coronavirus was a very big change for a lot of people. Obviously, the entire globe is changed and transformed from that, you know, moment and kind of that rolling out. But what's been really interesting here um, in the little community that I live in on the land that I'm on and kind of walking through the forest every day, um, I'm really just noticing how present change is all the time. I mean, it's present in nature constantly, right? Like we have seasons that change. Um, if you just watch the, the yearly life cycle of a tree, you'll see so much change. Um, but also like, you know, raising kids, you see the constant change that they're going through. Like change is always happening. And I think we get really, um, it's almost like an illusion when we feel like we're comfortable, when we feel like there's security, when we feel like things aren't changing. And I remember a time in my life where I used to really grip on to happy times because I felt like if I could just hold on to it tight enough, it wouldn't go away. I've just been watching also like there's some construction going on here because we have a new septic system coming in. And apparently construction is essential work. But installing the internet is not. So I'm moving at the end of next week because I'm only subletting the place I'm in right now. And I can't get internet installed into my new place, which is super frustrating. But we'll figure it out. I'm a problem solver, problem seeker, problem, a solution seeker. And uh, so I am probably going to just start commuting to my mom's art studio to do my work and make my phone calls. Because everything I do is Wi-Fi assisted because I don't get cell service out here. But like kind of just going through that frustration and realizing erg, things are going to have to change. That sucks. But just also recognizing things change. That's great. Like anything that's hard or uncomfortable is going to change. And anything that is great and wonderful is going to change. And that's kind of like that Buddhist philosophy of like being at peace with the process of life. Um, I think sometimes in my recent episodes, you'll hear in the background some barking. Um, that is my neighbor's German Shepherd, who unfortunately she had to put to sleep today. And so it's just really interesting just kind of being here in the presence of this life, just continuing to life and to continuing to change. And it's just, you know, it's so sad to witness uh, someone losing their animal companion. I think for some folks that's like, you know, especially like when you're single and you're older, like that's a very, very devastating loss. It's always been a devastating loss for me and I'm, you know, still pretty young comparatively. So it's just... I don't know. I'm just feeling a lot into the changing that is still going on, even in spite of like coronavirus making people feel like things are in lockdown and things are not changing. Things are still like life is still moving. Life is still rolling out. It's so I don't know. I'm just really feeling into change and really recognizing change in a whole new way. 
I wanted to share about that. Um, and like, you know, just like seeing things like forest getting, uh, ripped out a little bit. Like we have a pretty good amount of forest here. Um, and we had to pull out some in order to accommodate the new septic system, which is really hard to see like the change in nature too. Like that's not nature changing, but like us kind of doing that, um, which does not, you know, I'm a very sensitive person. So if you're a person out there who like feels pain on behalf of other things and animals and plants and things like that, then you're in good company because I do too. So it's just like one of those things where like I'm just working to be that, you know, 73 degrees and sunny sort of person where I recognize things are hard and sad and also can still like, I can serve better and I can be of better help to, you know, maintain my emotional stability but also still I cooked my or I baked my neighbor her favorite cookies because like you know I never know what to do but I think some one of the nicest things you can do is just show up in whatever imperfect way you can to show someone that you care so that's what I did um but anyway out there if you're dealing with change and weirdness and instability or whatever is going on for you with the coronavirus just I'm sending you solidarity and peace and just hoping that you find some self-care um, to help sort of ease your experience of this. And also, uh, speaking of self-care, I wanted to just talk about the best way you can support this podcast, which is through my Patreon page. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, is a website that enables folks like me to create membership tiers for folks like you, where you can join and support the work we do and get exclusive content. Um, I have a few fun tiers. Uh, my favorite is my weekly online aerobics class, which is uh, a fresh class every week. There's four to choose from. Typically there's five right now because of the Corona. I just wanted to have more available. And, um, I teach a really fun aerobics class. It's dance aerobics in the classic style of, um, you know, Jane Fonda, Richard Simmons, but body positive, body accepting, very healing, um, and truly all levels. I really, uh, think a lot of people miss that. And I just really, like to make it it's the minimum participation is showing up and cheering along i think the vibe and the mindset from faculty dance party is one of a kind um and so you can join that that's 25 bucks a month but really every dollar counts to support and for five bucks a month you get access to a whole treasure trove of back episodes of bevan's bites which is a little four to five minute uh, podcast episodes that are exclusive for that about self-care and self-love. I also put in some Reiki healings and some meditations and some nature soundscapes. So there's a lot in there uh, that you get access to. And you can find that all at patreon.com slash FKDP. And um, if you are one of my regulars in my faculty dance party class, like let me know, send me a testimonial, tell me how it's going. I feel like I've watched so many of my clients just transform over time uh, taking classes with me in person, just like both personally and like just how the, their aesthetic evolves. And I feel like it's a very permission giving fun environment to kind of birth your next yourself, right? Like in some, some new way you're unfolding. And I just love to know how people are unfolding and I get messages from time to time. So just please be encouraged to tell me how it's going for you and how things are unfolding. Um, I think there's a special magic in Fat Kid Dance Party. Um, and I also wanted to, uh, send a special welcome to my friend Magali, uh, from Atlanta who joined, um, my, uh, my, actually the next level up from that, which is my witchy self-care, uh, package club. Uh, it's a quarterly package that has Reiki infused tea. In addition to all this, I'm a Reiki master healing healer and I love tea. So I make a blend of tea and I infuse Reiki into it. Uh, so you get one of those plus, uh, other self-care 
healing items from friends of mine, many of whom have been interviewed on this podcast. So I'm curating cute little boxes to come quarterly for you. Um, so you can check that out also at patreon.com slash FKDP. And now we're going to dive into this episode. And I just want to also encourage you, um, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. I love having you. I'm so grateful that you're here. And um, I want to encourage you to just like look in some of the recent archives because there have been some incredible metaphysical teachers who I've had um, since the coronavirus hit who have had a lot to say about our current times and I think are really helpful, especially if you're on a growth journey. Um, at the present time. Uh, and I am so excited for you to meet Katie. And I hope that some of the things you learn about astrology help to empower you as empowering astrology has empowered me. I love you so much. Thanks for tuning in. Burn some frankincense. Oh, oh, I love that we're, we're burning. We're setting a space. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Oh my God, Bevan, it has been, you know, we've known each other a long time at this point, and I'm so excited that we're finally getting to do something like this together. Me too. Um, I met Katie, uh, we, we were trying to figure out when it was, it was either 2008 or 2009, somewhere during my Saturday. It was Saturday 2009, year. I double checked. Oh, you did you? Okay. <laughs> it was like. I just like. <laughs> oh, you did, you did. Let it through my Gmail. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and so we met actually, it's a funny story at a burlesque photo, now burlesque boudoir photo shoot. Um, my first time shooting boudoir, I think probably yours. Definitely. Um, it was a group of us at our friend's apartment and there was a visiting boudoir photographer from Seattle who was taking our photos. And, um, you and I were just connecting over birth charts and you looked at my chart, you took one look at it and you said, Oh, you're going through a really hard time like a nuclear bomb is going off in your life. And um, in fact, Boy, was I right? You were so right. Like, I was like, what, what even is the Saturn return? Like you taught me all of that stuff. And so I have just, I feel so fortunate because that was like very towards the beginning of your astrology career. And yeah. over the years I've read with you many times and it's just, I love watching your practice, your practice evolve. And like your, uh, as you, as you nurture new abilities in yourself and level up with your connection to spirit, like it just gets more and more powerful. And I mean, Katie is like, when I say my astrologer, I'm referring to Katie Sweetman of Empowering Astrology. Oh, um, we are polyamorous, so I do see other astrologers. But I, you know, I, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm totally not a jealous astrologer. You, I'm going to bring something to you and then you're going to get something else from somebody else, another partner. And as long as like, we're all like consenting adults, it's the only thing that matters. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm so thrilled to get to introduce you to everybody. And I hope that, um, out there, you just learn something from it. I think um, I'm going to do the questions a little bit out of order than what I said, but will you explain empowering astrology and your philosophy behind it? Cause I think that's such a good grounding foundation. Yeah. My, my philosophy has its roots as a teenager and, um, you know, we're, we're both like, like five weeks apart. So we're like pretty much the same age. So it's like being a kid in the early to mid nineties, I don't know. It was just kind of this really weird time, but anyway, so I, 
there was always uh, like astrology books in my house growing up and there was even tarot cards and it was my dad's tarot cards and astrology books, which is like kind of flipping the script a little bit. Um, and I remember I, uh, he put astrology software on my computer. Um, this would have been like 90 three-ish maybe 94 so pre-internet and I remember like you know boop 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 putting my data in and seeing my chart and I was just like what's this and through the books we had in the house or the books in the library because again folks pre-internet um, I had to reverse like look up all the stuff in my chart and like reverse engineer what these things meant but the thing is is that I started to re read about my chart in these old books and they would say horrible things. They would say, um, I have a very, I'm going to say it in astrology nerd speak, I have a, what's called a moon opposite Neptune. It's very wide, but the the book said that there was like a chance I was gonna, like a good chance I was going to be in a mental hospital, like stuff like that. You, like, yeah. <laughs> you, or Mars square Saturn, Mercury square Saturn. Like, so I would read these things and just imagine being you know, a 14 year old with no self-esteem and you're like, well, well, man, I really have the worst chart in the world. So fast forward, fast forward into my twenties and getting to the Saturn return, which you kind of you know, casually mentioned earlier, and maybe we can kind of explain later what that means, or, or maybe right now. It's, it's a moment at age 28, 29, when you're at this crossroads of life, and you have to own up for your life. You have to, you know, Saturn literally returns where it was in the sky when you were born. That only happens every 29 years. So it's a very pivotal age, and my life also was like a bomb had gone off. And, um, and I just, I mean, I return, like I looked towards astrology and yes, I had this very outdated um, idea of what was available to like what, who I was based on this kind of teenage perception of self and astrology. And then I started to discover more. I started to discover Saturn. I started to discover that you could look at the chart in a way that supports growth as opposed to dictates fate and like the, the limits of fate and the limits of yourself. And that's not to negate these hard things in the chart that we all might have, but it was in that moment I realized that astrology was very powerful and it kind of gave you this map to personal growth and personal mastery. And of course it's something that we're doing our whole life, but I was like, I, I reject this old astrology. I reject this old consciousness and vision of astrology. And through that sort of formative time with my Saturn return, this would have been my exact Saturn return in September, 2008. Um, and then I was like, I, I, there, there's a different way of doing this. And so that's how empowering astrology came in because at the time, and of course the internet has made things like, Social media is just, things have gone crazy in the last 10 years. You know, when I started Empowering Astrology in uh, January 2010, um, because at the time there was, there was nobody really having that conversation. You had people like Stephen Forrest and other psychological astrologers or spiritual astrologers, but I felt like I, this was me kind of saying, this is my philosophy, this is how I look at astrology, and this is how it helped me. Because when I was in that really dark night of the soul, you know, t uh, 12 years ago at this point, and my Saturn return, it told 
the reason why I was going through this dark night of the soul, that it was, you know, quote unquote, time to go through this dark night of the soul. And that I have agency, I can choose how I go through that process and how I work with it, or resist it. So that's a long answer to a short question. But I mean, I think it's, it does speak to your philosophy of using astrology to support people in their lives rather than, no. like, you know, it sucks. It sucks when things change and, you know, it sucks when things are hard, but like, it's also always for us. And I think that's just like an, in a spiritual philosophy in general, that the change and the shifts are for us and for our benefit and things to get better on the other side. And that's, if you're going through a hard time right now, here is some faith to grab onto, it will be better. Eventually it, it will, will, it will someday be better. And I want everybody eventually to look at their chart and see how beautiful they are. The, this chart is a, like an energetic figure. It's, it's on a piece of paper or, you know, computer screen. It's not, but it's not really two dimensional. It's three dimensional. It's multidimensional. And so I want people to kind of see themselves on a human level and be patient, be kind, but also look above that level and go into their higher self, the multidimensional self. And I, I personally believe, and maybe other people feel differently that I chose this life and I chose the difficulties to learn something. And that's the lens in which I look at the past experiences that I went through. And then the chart gives you these very particular keys of, okay, what's your curriculum? Okay, that's your Saturn in your chart. What, what's your pain? That's your Chiron. What, what way is north for your soul? That's your north node. And what sort of picture does this all start to create? And there might be moments where it's like, if there's a pain point, you can bet that that pain point is going to get pressed over and over again. So it's like if you can, if you know that that's going to happen, you can uh, interface with this pain point in the chart, Chiron, um, in, in, a, in a different way. You can uplift instead of get stuck. And, 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 and trust me, um, being a teenager or even a child with like such a destroyed sense of self-confidence like it took a while to get to a uh, to a place in life where I felt good about myself and that um that I'm obviously still growing and I'm still here on this planet but I think that when we meet our chart at that sense that place of being destroyed the chart's going to reflect that back to you but if we know that there's a path somewhere in that chart and either we find it on our own or you're working with somebody it can lead you amazing places. I still consult my chart. I'm a professional astrologer and I still have blind spots about it. I'm like, oh, that's happening. You know, I kind of pull it up, but I'm still discovering myself through the chart. And I've been looking at it since I was 14, thereabouts. So for people who like have no idea what an astrological chart is, what's that and how do they find it? So um, an astrological chart is a mathematically driven or like, I forget what the word is. It basically, you're, you have this um, circle that is representative of the sky, both above the horizon and below the horizon at the moment that you're born. Now, you might have 
be born at noon, for example. So the sun will be at the top of the charts, high up in the chart. And maybe there's other planets nearby, but maybe the moon was below the horizon. You couldn't see it. So the moon's on the bottom of the chart. So it's this flat image this to show you where all the different planets were. And they have these symbols. So it might look a little, when you first look at your chart, like, what do these symbols mean? Um, and you know, there's a symbol for Venus. There's a symbol for Mars, et cetera. And then you'll see lines that uh, connect or, or not these different planets. And these are what are called aspects. So astrology is, is sacred geometry. It's math. I kind of wish maybe if I told myself back in high school, um, that it would have given me a different relationship with math. And um, I would have like kept taking it. But because um, I like could do electives. And I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with my math credit. Now I'm going to do something else. But yeah, it's, it's sacred geometry. So there's an idea of like planets are in harmony or in disharmony based on where they are in the circle. And then we divide the sky symbolically into 12 sections. And these are called houses. And each section of this chart is there's a, a house or an area for relationship. There's a house or area for career. And we will visit those parts of the chart throughout the year as the sun and the planets go around this wheel of your, of your chart. Um, and then you have the zodiac signs. And the zodiac is simply a wheel of life, meaning everything that exists in creation exists within this 12 symbolic archetypical uh, wheels. There's a sign for death. There's a sign for rebirth. There's a sign for eating cookies, Taurus. Um, there's this, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, kind of like, you know, there's, there's, there's pain and suffering somewhere, but there's also joy and pleasure. And um, those archetypical energies will color the spaces of the chart. So you might go into a space and it's a Leo space and it's about joy and creativity, but it's got a very particular planet in it, Saturn. That's the opposite. You have lessons there in that, in that house, in that room. So you have to take joy and creativity seriously, for example. So this is like some one-on-one -on -one level astrology, but like when you find your, your chart, you can, you can get it through astro.com. It's important for you to have your exact birth time whenever possible. I know that, that there, are, there are cases where people don't have their exact birth time. If you're born in the United States and it doesn't have like adoption kind of issues around it, but you can get a copy of your birth certificate from the state that you were born. Um, but when you have that exact moment in time, it shows you, um, it's, like, it's like how you incarnate time. It's your own time. And that's why my life has its own rhythm. Your life, Bevan, has its own rhythm. And it doesn't look like anybody else's because we have this exact moment that is ours for the entirety of our time on this planet. And it sets a rhythm and it talks about our personalities, but it also talks about lessons. And it also talks about the soul. And, and it talks about when, when is the time to make a radical change and when is the time to get in a relationship. So it's a beautiful ancient system. It's at least 5,000 years old. Um, I call it like, oh, it's like a, cause I have a tech background, like I have an IT background. So I, I look at astrology as code. It's like 5,000 year old coding system for the matrix. So we just call it Venus. We just call it Saturn, but it's just lines of code in the matrix. So 
Wow. That's so cool too. And it like, it's very, it's unique to you. And I think so much like, um, I think in your beliefs and my beliefs too, like we're, we chose when we were going to come onto the planet, we chose who was going to be our parents. We chose the lessons we wanted to learn and it all kind of lines up. And I think sometimes our astrological placement is like the alchemy, right? Like I had a cancer mother who had a Capricorn mother and I'm a Capricorn. So like, I think that dynamic played out really importantly for all of our lives. Um, and then also from my grandmother up all of my maternal lineage, like as far as we know, are Capricorn women. I think you see that it's, it's like DNA. Yeah. If I, you get my, my chart, my mom's chart, my dad's chart, my brother's chart, like their parents chart, the siblings, the cousins, you start to see repeating patterns. Now this is where you could get into like the problematic patterns that repeat as well. But I'm a Scorpio, but my, and my dad's Scorpio rising. I'm, um, my mom is Aries rising, um, but she has Mars and Scorpio. So it, it, maybe that's a little like uh, technical, but as you start to see all the, these different uh, themes, these different energies repeat, but in different ways. My dad is a Scorpio rising, but he has all these planets in Pisces. And I, um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm like very sensitive, very intuitive, and I have a lot of planets in what's called the 12th house, which is like Pisces. So anyway, it's, it's a fun rabbit hole to go down if you want to start looking at people's charts. And, and even adopted children, you'll see the same patterns in adopted children's charts. Theoretically, statistically, it should be completely different, but it's not. So everything is like divinely orchestrated. Oh, yes. Preach that. Um, Katie, when you were growing up, did you feel different? Like, did you, like, where did you grow up? What was, what was your situation? And like, was it, was like the psychic element of your life like present or was that something that stuck up on you? So I am from the Washington DC area. Originally, I grew up in Maryland in the suburbs of Maryland. Um, I, God, I was just like, I wasn't the weird kid. I just like, I remember f growing up and thinking like, what is going on here? This is, uh, who are these people? I just, I felt so out of time. I remember just being obsessed with the past, like Victorian times and whatever. Cause I think I just felt so outside of this life and didn't even, I don't think I even wanted to claim it to be honest. Um, so I was quiet and shy. I was into art. Um, and had a few friends and I don't think pretty much people in middle school or high school remember much of me, to be honest, because that's kind of how low under the radar that I flew. But I, um, I, was, I was sensitive and I think I was psychic in the way that Scorpios are psychic, like we just know things, you know, by the way, I'm a Scorpio. Um, but um, it wasn't, you know, the, here's the, you know, back to the Saturn return when my life was falling apart. Um, when I started to learn astrology a little bit more beyond the, the party trick that it was, um, I was like, oh, I've got all these like psychic markers in the chart, but I, I'm not, I, I don't have those experiences. Like there's some pretty strong psychic medium energy of my, in my chart. And I was like, well, why is that? And what I realized was that I had blocks and there were a lot of complicated reasons why I had blocks. So as a child, maybe I did have psychic experiences, but I think I blocked them out because of trauma. Um, but uh, as an adult, like I, it was a choice to, to open it. 
but I remember being terrified because I had this like, oh my God, what if I possessed? Like, what if like I'm different? What if people like kind of bang down my door and take me away in the middle of the night? I was like really irrational fears. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I came to it. It was like a little bit, you know, late in life, but, um, I don't know, could I have been the, in an alternate reality, the, the child that had all these gifts? I, I think the story had to be the story that it was the, the wiring was all there. It just needed the right moment to be activated. So that's, I was, I, I there was a phase in my uh, teenage years where I just got really into reading and um, I would just like lock myself in my bedroom and write vampire stories, <laughs> typewriter. That's the kind of teenager I was like preppy goth. With a typewriter. <laughs> With a, it was like a, it was electronic typewriter. It was like, was it? And then I got my computer and then I was like, Oh, DOS word. <laughs> Remember the blue screen, like, DOS? Like, remember that? Yeah. Remember floppy disks? <laughs> remember floppy disks. Yeah. Old school tech. Oh, my God. And just such a beautiful outlet, honestly, for, like, a, a young teen to get lost in. is a te- It's just a computer situation. Like, I think now there's so much more on the other side of the screen than back when I was just like maybe a solitaire game and a word processing program. And like Minesweeper or something. Um, yeah, I, at the time I wanted to be like an Anne Rice. I was like super into Anne Rice novels. Same. I mean, I didn't want to be Anne Rice, but I loved long haired vampires. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like embarrassing myself. <laughs> um, uh, will you tell your coming out story and how you came out? So uh, when I, oh God, when I was in my freshman year of college, um, I had a friend who there was like some sort of thing between us. And um, there was one night where we just started making out. Um, and I was like, whoa. So, but up until that point, like it was one of those kind of things where she would make fun of me. She's like, oh, you like me. It was like, if you, in, the, in hindsight, it was very twisted, but um, I just remember being terrified, 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 because you have to understand this is 1997. This was like literally the month before Ellen's show, the, the episode came out, which that was seismic at the time. Yeah. And um, I was terrified. I was terrified of being different and my people seeing me differently. And there's a lot of shame around that. And um, my parents found out a few months later, they were not happy they were going to take me out of college it was very traumatic we're, everything's good now we're every, everything's cool um and and my sexuality is a little bit more complex these days in terms of <laughs> gender and, and whatnot but um that was at the time like yeah my first my first girlfriend my first everything um 1997 college girlfriend <laughs> And wait, so your parents took you out of school or they tried to take you out of school? My mom threatened to, because I was at an all-women's school. So they were convinced that because I was with all women for college, that's what did it. Yes. It's funny now. 
It is funny now. <laughs> funny now. Not, not funny then. <laughs> it was not funny then. I mean, like, I didn't really speak to them for three years. I didn't go home for Christmas. Like, I, like, would live at college during the summer. I would get, I got, like, a job in the computer services department, reformatting hard drives for Y2K, just so I had a, like, place to live and some income. And then, uh, I mean, like, I, I was privileged to have my school paid for, so, like, totally, like, could have been a lot worse. But... Um, it was, it, you know, I, th- I think when you look at your astrology chart and you see some things that talk about a deep suffering around feeling self-worth and feeling loved, and I have this pain point Chiron in the house of family. So there's this old story around being accepted. And I could have looked at my chart and said, okay, it's always going to be like this, but I see that there's a, like, I'm learning something. And I know that that, it's so funny, we're talking right now and Uranus, the planet Uranus is on my Chiron. So I'm probably on Chiron too. Um, so Uranus is a planet that can be chaotic. It can be uh, provocative, but it can also liberate because it wants authenticity. So it's going over this pain point right now. And here I am talking about something I like never really talk about this is like 23 years ago like literally almost 23 years ago wow another lifetime been like three lifetimes at this point but yeah it's so it's like the like the the scar tissue is getting pressed on and so I'm like oh like what do I feel but if we were having this conversation it would have been very different so, so wounds do heal, pain does heal. And I had to do a lot of work to um, feel those feelings from a different perspective to forgive. And, and, and I, I, maybe it sounds overly simple, but I remember the moment where I was like, oh, I chose my mom. And suddenly all these things that I had been holding on to up until that point, I just let go an instant. Like there was still some complexities to it, of course, but I was like, oh, so this whole, this, this kind of dynamic that I had in my head was like, oh, I chose this. Okay, cool. Uh, it hurt, but it, it's part of this greater story of me accepting and loving myself and finding my self-worth. And this comes even into my, my business and the work that I do. Like it took me a long time when I started empowering astrology, my name was nowhere on it. Um, and then I would like slowly like come out and like peek my head out and be like, okay, maybe I'll put my name on the site or I'll put my photo. Um, and even to this day, like I did a talk this weekend and um, it was streamed on YouTube and a couple people, there was a couple thumbs down and there was a moment where I was like, it hit something. And then I remember like kind of taking a step back and be like, is this going to, is this going to, am I, I going to get bothered by this or not? And I was like a little bothered, but so there was still something residually there in that pain point. But I was like, oh, but I know that the day that when I die, eventually it will happen. Um, I'll look back and I'll be like, okay, there's this long story about me loving and accepting myself and just like being, sharing my wisdom, sharing my philosophy and not losing myself and losing faith in myself or confidence in myself when somebody says you're wrong. 
So yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's very vulnerable to go put yourself out on the internet and talk about things. And even like now I'm talking more about my spirit guides, which I don't never really did before. Um, and somebody could probably think some absolutely bananas. And maybe somebody Googles me that knew me 15 years ago. I'm like, oh, wow, what's she doing? She's an astrologer now. That's crazy. I mean, probably old colleagues are like, she left work to become an astrologer. But that's, you just have to own your story, as weird as it is. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, 100%, because your story is, is for you. It's your, your imprint in the world. It's your map. And it's, it's how you learn the lessons that you're meant to learn so you can teach others. And I think there's a lot of that in um, astrology that kind of like lays out a roadmap and like Chiron can be super intimidating because like it's a pain point that we return to. I think you described it to me once and it really nailed it for me. It's like, it's like that, that tightness in the muscle that like where you get knots and like you go yeah. back to the massage therapist every time and it's like your shoulders are all knotted up and they have to, you know, massage them out and so like Chiron is that thing that is constantly like getting sore from where from whatever and like I feel like I um pop in and out of my Chiron lessons at from different angles regularly the way that spirit showed it to me is your life is like a tapestry and not to sound cheesy but it is it's it's every thought every decision every emotion gets woven into this tapestry and when there's a trauma if there's a rip and it forms this rip or tear in the in the tapestry of your life and chiron represents those places where there's a tear or there's a knot where things kind of get uh complicated but we start to transcend this, um, this suffering, these knots, when we realize that whether it's somebody that also felt the pain and rejection of family or the, the lack of self-worth or the trauma of childhood, that, that I know that when I repair or I work on that knot or that rip or that tear, that I'm helping everybody because my tapestry is part of the collective tapestry and that when there's less contraction or less, you know, naughtiness, it allows more um, energy and room for people. And so I tell people you transcend your, when you transcend your deepest sufferings, you do it by inspiring other people. That's Chiron. And you don't do it from a place to kind of stay in that victim role. It's, it's, you just have a very different, more empowered relationship with your past. It's like, these things happen to me and, and maybe they're still a little sore, but there's, I'm, not, they're, they're, I'm not restricted by them. Um, it doesn't keep me from being myself. And now I'm like, I have to put it all out there because I know that that's the higher potential of my chart. So I got to push through this and the pain and this you know when I question myself or somebody says you're wrong or like you're an idiot because you believe in astrology like if this were 10 years ago I remember somebody told me I wasn't I, it was a client and it was like a couple years into doing it and um, I guess we just did not sync up but she was just she was like <laughs> you know you're not good at what you do and you shouldn't do it but she said she signed it with love and light and I just was like, you just took a dump in front of me and then like signed it like with love and light, like get out of here. Like, 
I would swear, but you know, I'm trying to keep it professional. Um, so <laughs> just like you serve someone a shit in a sandwich and sign it, love and light. Love and light, comma patty. I was like, okay, patty, thank you. <laughs> That's it. And you know what? For two weeks, I thought patty was right. Oh. And for two weeks, I'm like, maybe I am terrible at what I do. Maybe I shouldn't be an astrologer. And then I was like, you know what, Patty? I think you're wrong. But here's the thing. When you have this pain point that says that you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you're terrible at what you do, nobody likes you, or even stronger language, then you're going to keep manifesting the people that tell you that until that's which goes and you're like you know what patty or you know what whomever that's the uh, i know it sounds masochistic but it's like this alchemy that you need so i i those people are few and far between these days but they were i would get like random weird stuff and now i just see it as like the avatar of an old pain and it helps me interact with it differently instead of being kind of caught in this dynamic, I'm like, oh, you again, you're the, the patty, you're the whatever, you're the person who thinks that I'm not good at this because you're just reflecting something back within myself that still believes this. This is the kind of like the, the moment where the old, old stuff gets tested. And then, you know, as we record this, Pluto is getting ready to turn retrograde and Pluto the Pluto energy is going to be really thick next week. So you might have those patties come at you or something like from the past. And you're like, oh, you, you're an avatar of my shadow. And then you choose to interact with the shadow. It's like being awake in the dream. Just that's all. It's like lucid dreaming. You're like, oh, you, you, the nightmare, you just represent this. And it's just not scary. Mm, so emotional. Yeah. How does, talk about shadow self and like an empowering way to interact with shadow self and kind of learn those lessons. I love shadow, shadow talk. Um, so you have your conscious self, your, like your Bevan self, your Katie self, and then you have like all these different layers. You have your subconscious self and all the stuff that's kind of like swimming around in there. And then you have your unconscious self. And we all have certain percentages of unconsciousness. And this is where like traumas and stuff all kind of get stuck in um, or things that we don't even realize are there. Like I kept dating people that had a, people had anger problems. And then I realized because they were, they were showing me on a shadow level that I was not um, in touch with my anger. I had a lot of unexpressed anger within me. So there's, you, you attract these people that are helpful, I put that in air quotes, um, showing you what's, what you can't see about yourself. It's in your unconscious. And then you have like your different spiritual layers, of course. Um, you've got your soul and all the different incarnations. You've got your subtle bodies. You've got even something higher than that. Um, but on the, on the human, on this level, <laughs> The shadow is, you know, where we find these emotional figures, these unhealed things, um, the patties, um, the other people that have emailed me over the time to tell me I'm worthless or not good. And then I have to go and find 
deep in that dark part of myself, where does that come from? Who taught me that? When did that happen? And that's complicated work, but until we decide to go into that space, um, we're gonna have a very different relationship with the world. So everything can be healed, takes time. It might be messy, but I'm saying this as a Scorpio, the more that you can dive into your own darkness, the more that you can um, find, put more light into the parts of yourself that you can't see. And then it's not unconscious anymore. It's not part of the conscious you. So the work is to work on the unconscious self, the shadow self, because the shadow self is actively working against you. So when you, if you are more unconscious than conscious, this is not like a value statement, but I'm just saying, then you're not able to fully make decisions for yourself because there's a part of you that's actively making decisions against your better interest. It's like when we, when we do things, it's like, why did I do that? I don't like, I just was like on autopilot or why did I date that person? Or why did I go to this place? Or why did I do this thing? Because your unconscious self was doing it. So that's what I mean by, by shadow work. So astrology teaches us that there's moments throughout the, um, throughout the year or throughout the month when, when that's more primed to do the shadow work. So that's always, I think, at the undercore or the, the core of uh, empowering astrology is to work with these times to free yourself so that you can interface with the astrology differently. Because I don't, what people don't realize is that your experience of the astrology will shift based on how much consciousness you have. And I've seen people who they're in a time when it's about relationship, but they're like so terrified about meeting somebody that that time passes them by. And I don't want anybody to have like time pass them by because then you got to wait, you know, wait for the circle to come back. And that could be years. It could be months. It could, you know what I mean? Um, so it's like, I know it's tiring because everybody's just like, how much work do I have to do? And the Scorpio in me is just like, till you die. <laughs> um, it's fine. It's cool. But, but, you know, to find a Taurus and then Taurus will like feed you and, and, and well, you'll have fun times and then you'll go back to the Scorpio work and then you just kind of everything in moderation and make sure you're getting yourself uh, fueled um, to, to do this work. But I think that the virus and even the stuff that was happening before the virus um, is just trying to show us that it's a serious time. We can't, we can't let our unconscious selves, the, the self that's working against us have the steering wheel. Like I know that this time is not easy and it's different. Like not everybody has the luxury or the privilege to, to, to rest. Um, I'm self-employed. I don't have that luxury, but I also know that this time is very important. So I'm trying to let it work its magic and let it move things. And I'm going deeper into my energetic practice. I'm picking up the scar tissue and the scabs. Here's a personal share. So I have not been in a serious relationship since my ex and I broke up um, in 2011. I've dated people. I've had lovers, but I haven't been in a relationship. And I have this narrative in my head that like, oh my God, like New York is so terrible. Like it's always like these 
terrible people on the apps and like I give up and then I try it again and then it's more terribleness and then the virus and the pen and the quarantine like spirit said to me like you don't want to meet anybody and then I realized they were right because I've been like la 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 this is great and then when people try to come into my like space because I need things like reach out to me I get very like angry and I realized that like my unconscious self didn't want a relationship. So I was attracting situations and people that were completely like viable or, or not available. So for years, like, I mean, like years I've been saying, oh my God, like why, like what's wrong with me, da 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 da. And then pure and simple, I just didn't want a relationship. So that's where like the light bulb moment happened in quarantine <laughs> because a lot of the world is kind of pushed to the side of the moment and you have to sit with yourself right now. And I'm like, oh man. So spirit was like, I say, when I say spirit, I mean my spirit guides. They said, you have a decision to make. If you want to go and have a relationship, you got to work on this block. You got to work on this unconsciousness. If you don't, that's fine. But you need to like be at peace with either decision. Although what they said to me, cause I was getting really frustrated today about something completely unrelated. It wasn't unrelated. They said like that, that system of trying to do everything myself is a negative system and it imprisons me. So I can choose to remain in the system and be alone and do everything myself, which is hard when you're in quarantine and you're doing everything yourself. But it means I'm going to suffer, but it's my choice. So every morning during my meditation, I've been feeling energetically into this block and letting the emotions come up and feeling the feelings. And it's going to be a process. It's not like today I, I do some energy clearing and boom, it's gone. I have to face the feelings. I have to face the things that I haven't wanted to look at because I'm human. And I've been hurt. I've been heartbroken. I don't trust people. Scorpio, on top of that. <laughs> so that's, that's shadow work. And I'm, you know, hopefully this is something that resonates with other people. But I get a lot of clients. They're like, I want a relationship. I've tried everything. And maybe now the answer is like really finding within yourself the part that doesn't want a relationship. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing, because I know my astrology chart and I know that as a Sag rising and some other things that I'm coming into a time of relationship and I don't want to go into this time and think that it's a slam dunk when I've got a lot of stuff to work out, even though I'm, I'm more, I work on myself a lot. So I want to, if, if this is the time, then I'm going to do my homework. That's my, that's my philosophy. Totally. I mean, what is some good homework people can be doing now based on the astrology that's happening for us during Corona quarantine? Corona quarantine. It's, um, well, um, on, I think it's Tuesday, the 22nd, we're going to have a new moon. So this all, but let me take a step back. This all started to go down um, around the time of the eclipses. So when this started to happen more in China, that was 
the end of December and it was the beginning of January. We had an eclipse on the 26th of December and the 10th of January. Um, so we also had some really intense transits in January and I called one of these transits um, the wrecking ball. And I think people thought I was being a little dramatic. <laughs> But I was like this, it was called Saturn conjunct Pluto. I was like, I'm calling this the wrecking ball because that's what its function is. And you know, January 12th, I think was the exact conjunction, came and went and it was intense. And we saw Prince Harry and Meghan Markle leave the royal family. And then there was, that was, that was their wrecking ball. But, um, and then here came like in February, Mars, started to meet up with the same spot in the sky where this conjunction happened. And then we got the wrecking ball. It was a delayed thing. And I knew that March was going to be a big month. We we're going to see a lot of changes in March. I did not predict this level of change and a pandemic a market crash, possibly that was definitely, but I'm not that kind of astrologer. I'm not a, what's called a mundane astrologer, but Anyway, so here's the wrecking ball. It's still here, guys. <laughs> it's, you know, it's going to get little echoes, little, uh, what are those called? Um, after an earthquake. Um, aftershocks. Aftershocks, thank you. We're going to have aftershocks throughout the year. Mars is going to spend six months in Aries um, in, in 2020. It's, gonna, it's normally six weeks, so six months is really atypical. It's going to be from the 27th of June until January 6th of 2021. My point is, is that Mars is going to activate these points and we're going to get aftershocks and maybe it's going to be nothing, but we all need to know that the lives and the people we were in February don't exist anymore. Yeah. And there's a grief process. And I, and, and I, and I say that for myself, I'm not saying that lightly. So knowing that something has profoundly shifted for you should give you uh, a sense of opening that you have to build something new out of this time. Um, so hopefully this is empowering somebody to really tackle the darker stuff that they haven't had a moment to tackle. That's my hope. My hope that so much light comes out of this dark time that fuels something beautiful in this world. And if you're using this time to pick out old scars and to feel your feelings. And a lot of people are afraid to feel their, feel their feelings. And where, do that, where does that emotion go? It goes someplace, it doesn't magically disappear because you're not feeling it. It's like a hose, you know, with the water, you know, the hose, the, the hose is like had that kink in it. And then the water is backing up someplace. And then you wonder why there's a flood somewhere else in your life. Well, because the water was backing up. Um, so what people can do, I hope, I hope, I hope, is to really use this time as an alchemy to transform, to decide, to find courage and bravery that maybe they didn't, because the old excuses aren't there. Um, the, some, maybe even the job isn't there. Um, maybe even other things aren't there. And God forbid, like somebody actually had passed, but um, nothing like the the threat of, mortality for all of us to realize that life is very short and I have this kind of personal philosophy that nine times out of ten people don't change because it's scary there's 
marriages and mortgages and ki kids and all these things that are riding on us keeping things the same. So right now the variables are profoundly shifting and I hope that people work with that. And what I was starting to say before I backed up um, is that there's a new moon on um, Tuesday, the 22nd of April. And that new moon is, we'd say in astrology, conjunct Uranus. And that means that this needs to be our liberation. This needs to be our spark of awakening. This needs to be the push to get out of our comfort zones. And if your uncomfortable zone is to talk on the internet or to start a blog or to like, you know what your uncomfortable spot is like within reason. I'm not saying do something stupid right now, but go where it's uncomfortable because that's where you're going to get the most rich, rich reward of this time. Um, you know, I, I know everybody's different and everybody, every story is different and there's some real uncertainty and suffering right now. So I don't want to sound um, flippant, um, but I hope that this is a positive catalyst for people. Absolutely. Um, is there anything that you would suggest people to do kind of in the coming months, like just to keep the emotions, like for those, for the one out of 10 that's interested in change, like what are some like change protocols that you've, you've seen help your clients or help folks who are going through um, rough astrology or, or rough times of change in their lives? I think part of it is uh, feeling the feelings, which I said, um, because I've had clients that I've had some really amazing sessions lately. It's like we've been able to connect dots that maybe in a previous session or, uh, or with somebody who maybe just hasn't been able to have that awareness. Um, I think that some of the biggest aha moments, moments for people have been uh, really starting to feel their purpose, like why they came here. Um, so for the 1% or the 10% or however many percent that it is, um, really being open to questioning the path that you're on. And maybe it's fine. Maybe it's totally fine. Um, but questioning whether or not something is out of alignment with your soul and your soul's purpose because you might you might sit down and look at the chart and the chart might say something very different than the road that you're on and it's like how do we get you back because we have free will you know free will will get us into a ditch though um so what can people do um it's i i, I think meditation is really powerful i'm leading a guided meditation every day at 5 30 eastern um i think that connection is powerful. We're all having these really rich virtual interactions with people, um, forming connections, forming community, um, I think is going to be really powerful. Um, I just, I don't know, maybe this, this Scorpio and me, I just love the idea of the old barriers and the old blocks, just like there's cracks in them now and like really taking a, a sledgehammer to it. And however that looks for somebody, if, if that sledgehammer means making a radical change in how you live your day or the work that you do or the relationships that you allow into your life, then great. Um, 
I, I'm like, I'm like trying to think of like practical steps. Here's the thing. And this kind of goes with um, the, the new moon that we're going to have on Tuesday. It's about Taurus, this new moon. And so many of us are disconnected from our bodies for a lot of different reasons. It could be shame. It could be trauma. It could be just inherited. Like I come from a family that doesn't touch, doesn't talk about their feelings. Like we're mostly English on my mom's side. So it's like, I really think that it's like this thing that kind of came down general generationally, but um, what, like if the most radical thing you can do is to like caress your skin or to eat a piece of fruit off of a tree or to smell something, if you can go outside and smell flowers, if you can just like, t- like get back, cause we're so in our heads and I spent so much of my life and I still working on it because I can be very heady and very intellectual. To, to be so like out of the head and down into the body. And if you're going through your day and you realize that you kind of catch yourself and you don't feel your feet in that moment, when you check in with yourself, then you're not grounded. Uh. If you are like, oh, and then, and then maybe like there's a delayed reaction, like then you feel your feet because then it catches up with you. But in that moment, if you don't feel your feet, you're not grounded. Yeah. Because when you know when you're grounded, like you feel like you're, I mean, there's, the Kundalini is next to the sexual organs for a reason. Like it turns you on. Like you should feel like the fire of life. You should feel your feet. You should feel like there's gas in the car that you're ready to go. And this is what we're all going to feel this year. At least that's the idea with Mars and Aries because Mars is the gas of the chart, the gas of the planets. And it's going to be its home sign of Aries. And we're all going to have a lot of energy and we're either going to be pissed off or we're going to be running around like crazy or we're going to be having a lot of sex or, you know, all these like physical things because Mars is a very physical planet. Um, But we got to get back in touch with our bodies and kind of reclaim touch, reclaim taste, get back into the pleasure, you know, because life is meant to be pleasurable. It's spiritual as well. But in order for us to be able to give back our testimony at the end of our lives and be like, this is what I created. It's a lot harder to do that if we're just, up here, you know, in our head the whole time. You gotta like, all those chakras need to be on and, and, and functioning. And we need to be, have the courage to be ourselves. Like that's the ultimate gift back to the creator for us to be like, this is who I am. This is what I created. This is my pain points, but this is also the joy and the pleasure and these beautiful moments of my life. And yeah. I love that. Uh, so Katie, um, how do people access uh, your meditations? So um, right now, if you're on Instagram, you can go to my link in bio and it's like the first thing that's on my, um, like there's like a list of links in my link in bio. Um, that's empowering astrology on Instagram. It's actually at empowering astro because some like 
troll or a Russian bot or something took Empowering Astrology before I had a chance to register it and, and put an email address on it, empoweringastrology at yahoo.com. So in my bio, like they like lifted a bio from like another social account, I think it was my Twitter. So they took, there was some effort that went into this, but now I like, I can't have it. So don't go to Empowering Astrology on Instagram, go to at Empowering Astro. Um, or I'm on Facebook. Um, I, there, it's a zoom link. I will, it'll take, will you register? You give me your email. It'll take you to a page of the zoom link. The reason you have to go through a few hoops is because I had it a little bit out there on the internet. I think because I posted on Twitter and I got some zoom trolls. So we had people the meditation, uh, weeks ago. So that's how you get to it. If it's, if I'm making it a little too convoluted, just email me empoweringastrology at gmail.com. Um, you also go live on Facebook like once a week, right? Yes. Uh, every Monday at 6 PM unless otherwise stated. And then I put that content on IGTV. You can watch the replay, but it's meant to be like my weekly look at the astrology. Um, maybe with some personal commentary thrown in some personal shares. It's like my little astrology chat show. Um, like Katie's weather update, astrology weather update. It very much is like that. I don't always, I don't, I don't think I've ever caught it live, but I often watch the replay and it's definitely like getting the weather report. Like I want to know what's going on in the planets just as much as I want to know whether or not it's going to rain today. Cause like it affects and like, it gives you an idea of like what to be working on or what to be looking out for and like how to, you know, I don't know. I feel, I find so much more peace, like when I'm like connected to what's happening with the astrology. Yes. And somebody made a comment and I think they were a little um, tired of things being difficult and I get it, but they're like, wow, the astrology is just as stormy um, like as it is here on earth. And that's a thing. In astrology, we have this, saying as above so below meaning what's happening in the heavens is happening on earth because everything is connected um so yes if we're having storms here on planet earth we're having storms in the astrology and we've been having some really intense astrology since 2008 and if you look back at the world since 2008 things have been happening um and the last time pluto was in the sky that's in the where it is right now is 1775. The last time Saturn and Pluto were together in Capricorn in the sky was 1517. So it's like you look at these macro cycles and it was right after the, the start of the Protestant Reformation. So we know that the last time these two planets were together, that the dominant power at the time, by the, t- by the time this whole process was over, was not the dominant power. So the great levers of power in this world are shifting like that's an absolute given like history and astrology teaches us that but anyway i got got off topic for a moment but yes (laughs) it's nice to know the weather it is i mean it's nice to know the weather it's also like just helpful i think you always deliver it too with uh with just ideas of like what you can be thinking about or journaling about and things like that which i find very empowering pursuant to the name Uh, Because it's so hard, like if, you know, if the weatherman just says, oh yeah, it's going to be a hurricane, um, so don't go outside, like that's not really giving you a lot to work with, but you're like, there's going to be a hurricane, here are some things you can be working on, here's how you can stay safe, here's how you can use this alchemized things in your life. So I feel like you give it 
every astrologer has their own personality that they give to the mathematics of the sky. And I think your personality is very much about like, how can you harness this to lead yourself, I think, into, into how you can best be a service to the planet. I also really love your daily astrological forecasts, which are on Facebook and your website, empoweringastrology.com. Thank you. And Instagram too. And, oh, do you put them on Instagram too? Yeah, I do like my own little quick shares on Instagram. So wow. it's, it's actually new content. I kind of feel like Instagram has its own little voice and brand to it. But um, yeah, you can get all your things. Yes, all your things. But most importantly is you can connect with Katie directly and get a reading of your chart, um, which I have found so valuable over the years, like just like, especially when my life feels like it's spinning out. I'm like, there's probably something astrological in this. Let's, let's have an appointment with Katie and check in. And, and, um, you can always go back to the recordings of things we did in the past and it will keep nourishing you. So yeah. go back to the recordings that we did, Bevan. Yeah. Maybe we talked about something at the time that didn't make sense, but now you're like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea actually I think our last reading was like when I was still engaged <laughs> so I'm curious yes <laughs> which any yes. of you who've listened to my podcast for any length of time know how my engagement rolled out so I'm uh, not married single man yeah um but also like you know even just this year it was so much tumult and now I feel like very landed where I'm meant to be um and excited to see you know there's always a rebirth after like these planets come through like wrecking balls. There's always a rebirth, like yeah. you end up someplace. Like when I met you, you said, oh, it's like a wrecking ball is going off in your life. And I was like, oh my God, that's so true. And then things really from there, like the next place I lived was way better than the place I was living before. And like, you know, just things rolled out the way they were meant to. And um, life just keeps getting more fun after it kind of sucks for a minute. <laughs> yes. I mean, things are little tight right now and and the past year for me was really difficult but I'm also seeing some really beautiful things come out of this time so I'm I'm hopeful um and I know I like I woke up the other morning it's like the first time I've ever had this thought that I'm like so glad and so privileged to be able to do what I love yes like right now like people are coming more to me which is great of course on a like a practical level but on a, on a soul level like I love being a doula so to speak to people's lives and these these threshold moments and these deaths and rebirths and it's a it's a privilege and I I take it very seriously and you know part of why I go so deep into my personal work and my meditation is because I need to make sure I show up in the best possible way for people because they're being really super vulnerable with me. And I, I deeply respect that. And so I want people to also hopefully feel that as well. Yeah, totally. Oh, Katie, thank you so much for being on the podcast and just sharing your wisdom and stepping into your gifts, honestly, because like you have tremendously affected my life um, oh. with our sessions one-on-one -on -one and our friendship, but then also just like, the, the work you put on the internet, I like, I don't really know where else you post because I have, you're one of the few people who have the notification on my Facebook. So every time I log into Facebook, I'm checking what you're doing. So Aww, thank you. Yeah. Your impact is not insignificant. And I am so grateful to get to introduce you to folks through this podcast. And I hope out there, if you're like feeling curious about your chart and things like that, just like 
Katie is as much a teacher as she is an astrologer. And so I've learned so much about like, honestly, how to be like a self-cleaning oven with some of the astrology and like understanding my houses and like my Saturn on the 12th house on the ascendant, <laughs> which you told, yeah. you told me all about. <laughs> told you all about. And these are things that you can keep you know, returning to. Um, I just, I, I share what I'm guided to share and my biggest teachers are my spirit guides and not that I haven't had people that have been really great mentors in my real life, but um, they're always teaching me about astrology. So I get really excited. I get like a kid and I'm like, let me tell you what they told me. It like opens up my eyes now. And that's how they've taught me about, you know, Chiron and all these other things. Yeah. So, and, and I'm on empoweringastrology.com in case that was not said. Every link is going to be in the description of this podcast episode. So if you go find the description, wherever you're listening to this, you'll find links to all of Katie's things. Um, and I'm just so, so grateful for you. Thanks, Katie. No, I'm grateful for you and, and for knowing you for so long and how our lives intersected in that moment and are, are so different than where they were in November of 2009. Yeah. Um, and here we are, we're, we're, st we're still around and we're all doing our thing. And I'm really excited to see where we are in another 10 years. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so exciting. Bye Katie. Thank you. Bye Bevan. <laughs> <laughs>